Today on Locked On A's, we are talking about Sean Murphy, who is going for a second consecutive gold glove. Who is he up against? What are the odds that he gets that second consecutive? And then we're talking about Adrian Martinez and a pitch that I think could serve him well in 2023. And then finally, we're going to wrap up talking about Bob Melvin going against the Phillies. Uh, just how I see this, the rest of this series shaking out. I got some thoughts. We're going to talk about it. You're going to hear them. Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on A's, stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 477 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, we're talking about Sean Murphy going after some hardware. He might get more hardware this offseason as an Oakland A than whole teams that were like good gets in the postseason. I'm looking at you, Mariners. Anyways, I'm still mad at the Mariners, by the way. <laughs> also, we're going to be talking about Adrian Martinez, the season that he had, how he could improve for 2020. 23 and the pitch that I think he needs to incorporate to do it. And we're also going to be talking about Bob Melvin and the Padres going against the Phillies in game three starting tonight and then the rest of the series and how I see that all playing out because it has started in a way that I think benefits one team more than the other. And I'm going to let you guys know which team that is. But first, uh, before we get into anything, thank you so much for making the Locked On Ace your first lesson of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Also, uh, one of those platforms is YouTube. So go subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's over at Locked On Ace over there. Uh, follow us at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you haven't paid attention for a while, there is a new website that I am in charge of affiliated with Sports Illustrated. It is an A's website. It is called Inside the A's, and uh, I'm posting good stuff over there. I'm enjoying it. Uh, people are also enjoying it, so thank you if you have visited. If you have not, come join. See what the fuss is about, and also follow Inside the A's on Twitter as well. But let's get into today's episode, talking about Sean Murphy to kick things off here. And when I heard that he was nominated, I was like, well, of course he is. Of, of course he's nominated because he's an amazing defensive catcher. And then uh, I was like, ah, Cal Raleigh. He, he's one of the other guys. He's the Mariners guy that is nominated uh, as well. He's one of the finalists. And I was like, hey, was he good defensively? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That might be a toss-up. And then I saw that Jose Trevino of the Yankees was uh, was the third finalist for the gold glove. And I was like, ah, crap, that's not good. So I, I did some digging. And this, a lot of this information is up on Inside the A's, so go check that out if you want to you know, follow along and uh, see them written down, because I am a more visual person myself, so, so seeing it actually just helps me comprehend things a little bit better. So uh, a lot of the numbers that I'm saying will also be on that website, uh, but this is also going to be more heavily opinion on this side. But uh, first things first, uh, there, there have only been two guys in the last decade that have not repeated as the Gold Glove champion in the American League as a catcher. Uh, those two people were Martin Maldonado of the Angels in 2017 and Jason Veritek of the Boston Red Sox in 2005. Uh, a, a lot of past American League winners have had some very long runs in that span. Uh, 
most notably, Ivan Rodriguez, or Pudge Rodriguez, as he was affectionately called, uh, he won every award from 1992 to 2001, and then he won them again in 2004, 2006, and 2007. Uh, he didn't win one year because he only played in 108 games, uh, and then in another year, he was on the Florida Marlins, so he couldn't win the American League uh, Gold Glove as a catcher, so that was just, he, w- he was ineligible. And then uh, he came back and won some more with Detroit. So there you go. Uh, Since he stopped, you know, just hoarding all of the golden gloves, Joe Maurer, uh, he... He won a few from 2008 to 2010, and then Matt Wieters won a couple in 2011 and 2012, and then it's basically been the Salvador Perez show. He's he's been fantastic. He won from 2013 to two that or 2016, and then again from 2018 to 2020 before Sean Murphy won his in 2021. He has defeated the the beast that was, and I guess still is, Salvador Perez. Uh, he has vanquished. Salvador Perez and claimed the the trophy. Uh, I'm having big smog vibes from uh, the, the Hobbit trilogy. That's what I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> He's just been hoarding all of this gold, and Sean Murphy is uh, the the Hobbit. Yes, I know that his name is Bilbo Baggins. Uh, I just thought that it was funny to call him the Hobbit from the movie The Hobbit. Uh, anyways, uh, let's get back into things. So, uh, history is on Sean Murphy's side in this argument, but also. Could maybe could could he be the third player in this millennium to not repeat in his stint as champion, uh, champion gold glove winner, whatever? I, I'm gonna call him a champion because we could use a championship here in Oakland. But uh, over at Fangraphs, they didn't really like Sean Murphy's defense quite as much as they did a year ago. He accumulated 10 DRS or defensive runs saved last year, and uh, he had just one this season. So that. That's not great. And over at Fangraphs, I also checked out Cal Raleigh and Jose Trevino. Uh, Cal Raleigh had 14, which is 13 more than one. And Jose Trevino had an astonishing, an astonishing 21, which is uh, 20 higher than one. So, look, you're doing math over here. This is a great podcast. This is why you guys tuned in. Uh, so, Trevino's total actually ranks third in all of baseball at any position. And he's a catcher. And over at Baseball Savant, which I was going to use to counteract and like, hey, what did they say for outs above average behind the plate? And they don't keep that stat for catchers. Maybe it's because DRS is, you know, a little bit iffy for catching. So maybe those numbers aren't necessarily trustworthy or, you know, you, you can't stake an entire claim for a gold glove on defensive run save. So let's look at some other things and how he ranks uh, according to Baseball Savant, which is more like stopwatch stuff, like how 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 fast is his pop time to second? That's an actual stat that they have, and uh, he he was the best in pop time to second base. He had he actually has the fourth best pop time among all catchers in in baseball this season, uh, with a 1.89 seconds on average from the time that he caught the ball to the time that it was released from his hand, going to second base. That is extremely quick. And uh, JT Real Mudo, who is in the playoffs, uh, he had a 1.84. So that is the difference between first and fourth. But then you see just, you know, just a tenth of a second longer is the difference between fourth and 47th, which is where Cal Raleigh and 
Jose Trevino both rank. Uh, technically, Cal Raleigh is 47th and Trevino is 52nd, but they had the exact same pop time at 1.99. Uh, it's still a tenth of a second is not nothing, but it's a decent amount of something when you're talking about this because everything is so quick. It's a bang, bang, and that's why you see first base coaches timing the pitchers to the plates and vice versa and because they know basically what's the catcher's pop time is and so they're like okay do, do we have a shot at getting this base and that's why they're doing the stopwatch right there and uh i, I always find that very interesting especially when somebody's like hey what is he doing right now and i'm like let me tell you the game within the game my friend and uh it's a good time but so yeah so cal Raleigh and jose trevino both ranked 47th or 42nd technically or sorry 43rd and they were tied with uh former seven-time gold glove Warner Salvador Perez and old an old friend uh, Jonah Heim. So those guys are all at 1.99, and they're all fairly decent defensive short you know backstops. So there you go. Uh, that, that's a pretty big gap if you're talking about it that way. And you, you gotta you, you can't just take the pop time and say oh well he had the best pop time so therefore he's the Gold Glove winner. You also have to see how that translated into controlling the running game because that's really what pop time is indicative of is our guys is going to run on you because you, you you are just too quick they can't they can't get past you unless you have a ring that renders you invisible see everything re- comes back to the hobbit today i don't know what maybe i've seen it recently uh not not front to back though anyways uh enough talking about the hobbit here let's talk about caught stealing and we're talking about thieves which again bilbo baggins was a thief uh we, we got Sean Murphy, he caught 19 of 61 would-be base stealers for a caught stealing percentage of 31%. The league average was 25, so I was like, oh, he's in good shape right here. But then Cal Raleigh caught 25 of 78, so he had to deal with a lot more guys because he is much more unproven. And uh, he had a 32% caught stealing rate. And then Jose Trevino, uh, he, he had the the lightest workload of the bunch there, uh, both in terms of guys stealing on him and also innings played. Uh, he played 200 fewer innings at backstop than Sean Murphy, who who had the most innings at backstop with just over 1,000. I think it was like 1,008. But uh, he nabbed 15 of 45 base dealers, would-be base dealers, for a league-high 33% caught stealing percentage. And uh, so, yeah, Jose Trevino wins that one, too. That's great. He's just the best at DRS. He's the best at controlling the running game. And uh, so th- I guess we got a framing. Let's talk about framing, I guess, and see if framing is going to be because you want to you want to frame that gold glove. So you got to be good at framing to frame the gold glove. What are his framing skills? Uh, Trevino and Raleigh also have the edge on Murphy in this one, too. Murphy is very good at framing. He's in the 86th percentile among all catchers, but Trevino ranked atop the leaderboards by a wide margin, while Raleigh ranked fourth and Murphy was sixth. So, I mean, the main factors that are working in Sean Murphy's favor here are that he played more by a little bit over Cal Raleigh and by a wide margin by 200 innings over Jose Trevino. Uh, And that he also won the award last year and generally people win back to back. Generally. But it's not like a hard rule. So uh, that's that's where I'm sitting right now. And I, I, I think that any of these three guys could win it. But I think that Jose Trevino 
for my money, if I was voting, does probably have the best chance of winning, and he would probably get my vote, even though I host an A's podcast and run an A's website. You, you give it to the guy with the best stats. I don't know how much... I, I could discount his performance a little bit because he didn't play as much, and so he was more fresh throughout the course of the season, but also his numbers were just better. They were, they were like a lot better than both Raleigh and Murphy, especially over Murphy. Cal Raleigh, maybe you could make an argument that their playing time was closer and so were their numbers, and maybe Cal Raleigh gets the nod here. But I think that Sean Murphy is probably going to end up in third place in this one, which sucks because I would have really liked to have had some fire tweets making fun of teams who didn't win gold gloves while the A's are just collecting trophies in November. But uh, I don't know that that's going to happen. But just want to let you guys know and uh, see what I found out. And, you know, Sean Murphy had a great season. He's still great. I'm still hoping that he's on the A's in 2023. But I, I think that, you know, his defense here is a big reason why teams are going to be calling the A's this offseason to see if they can acquire his services. And we'll see if one of them wants to ante up. But uh, coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about a guy who will be in the A's at least system, if not in Oakland in 2023. And that's Adrian Martinez, who had a an ERA over six this season, and we're going to talk about that, and also how he can be a very effective pitcher, I think, moving forward. The dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here's why. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to your 18 holes of golf. You don't have to change your shirt. You can just go from work to playing 18 holes of golf, maybe vice versa if you're a morning person and you want to get there before the crowds at the links. But it's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt, it's that easy. With Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner all together. Think of all the money you'll save on not dry cleaning your stinking shirts. And they're not going to stink because they're wrinkle-free. Anyways, the commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash locked on and use code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. Uh, any of them works wherever you're listening to this. Uh, five stars over there. Five stars over here. And also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community over at Locked On A's. Pose a question and there. Interact with A's fans all offseason long. And also make sure to check out the new site Inside the A's. It's part of Fan Nation, which is an affiliate of Sports Illustrated. And also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at inside the A's over there, but let's talk about Adrian Martinez because he's got some good stuff. He's got one of the more devastating pitches, and by devastating, I mean the, the most whiffable pitch on the A's staff, but uh, you wouldn't know that from looking at his stat line. He went 4-6 and six in 2022, and uh, he had a 624 ERA across 12 starts. Uh, it was almost 60 innings, and he had a 153 whip, 
And uh, the, 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 the opponents, they hit 295 against them. That's, that's not great. That's not a great stat line, as they like to say in the biz. So I did some digging, and I was like, yeah, so so what's up with this? What, what pitch, or what, were they hitting everything? Was there a certain pitch that they were hit, teeing off on? And there was one pitch that they were teeing off on, and it was his sinker, which he threw 50.3% of the time. It was his majority pitch by a, a wide margin, because the other two pitches that he threw were roughly uh, a quarter of the time each, and this one was half of the time, so that's a lot. Uh, I'm not doing the math on that one. Anyways, uh, hitters hit... 338 against that pitch with a 301 expected batting average, which basically means uh, what kind of contact were they making against the sinker. That's what expected batting average is right there, and that's why I like to give you guys that information. But uh, 10 of the 13 home runs that he allowed were off of the sinker. It also had a whiff percentage of just 13.5%, which is one of the worst rates of any pitch that any Oakland A threw in 2022. And in terms of run value, which is a thing that they do, I don't know what goes into it, but I know that it's a thing that you can judge pitches off of. Uh, it was the worst pitch that any Oakland A's pitcher threw. And of the 2,375 pitch types thrown across baseball this season, uh, by all the different pitchers on all the different teams, his sinker was 19th from the bottom at 23.56. So it was a bad, bad pitch. And uh, it, long-time listeners, if you were listening to this podcast around this time last year, you remember me talking about Cole Irvin's curveball being the same thing. He had a revelation with that thing. It, it, it worked a little bit better this season. And I, I was like, hey, maybe he should scrap that pitch. He's got some pitches. I'm not saying that Adrian Martinez needs to scrap his sinker. It is what he throws 50% of the time. He kind of relies on it for something. So instead, I'm, I try to come up with something that he could throw, which would have similar motion, a similar grip, but would potentially keep people off of his sinker. And maybe, hey, may, maybe still a few more first pitch strikes because he got, uh, I think it was at like 59% on first pitch strikes, which isn't great. You'll want to get those first pitch strikes and then you can control the at bat from there. Uh, under 60%, not great. Uh, so I, I was racking my brain. I was looking at pitch grips on on Google and I was like, all right, I, I'm pretty sure I know what these look like, but since I'm you know writing about this and talking about this, I should probably actually look it up. And I was like, my, my first thought was he should throw a splitter because instead of a sinker, which has the similar motion, this one would dart down even further potentially. And that could be a nice pitch, but the grip on that one, he has to go the, the width of the baseball. And my concern with the grip on this one, and the grip is why I, I ended up scrapping the splitter idea, is uh, I, I think that you might actually be able to tell what he's throwing out of his hand just by the grip that he has on the baseball. I think that hitters would be able to tell because he has uh, his changeup, which I think is very, very nice. He has a slider, which is you know similar, but his fingers are together and then he has the the sinker which his fingers are you know still fairly together so if you get one where his fingers are spread across the baseball you're gonna be able to tell which pitch that is out of his hand and it's not gonna be that devastating so instead i thought hey what if he throws a two seam fastball and we'll, we'll see what happens with that because then he'd have a slider which could go inside on lefties and then he would have the sinker which would just dart down in the zone and then a two seam fastball which 
theoretically, would have some arm side run and go inside on righties and away from lefties. And so you could have three different pitches if they're tunneled properly. And I'll get into tunneling here in a second. But if they're tunneled properly, they could go in one of three different directions. And you could incorporate that a little bit more and use the sinker a little bit less and see how things go with that. Uh, obviously, picking up a pitch during you know the offseason isn't necessarily easy. Or, you know, it, it's not like it's go like if he wants to throw it, he's going, it's going to lead to great success. But I think that with some work, that could be the pitch that he needs right there is a two seam fastball to get people off of his. I mean, it, it would be not quite the same as a sinker just going the other way, but it, it would hopefully keep guys off of a sinker and then lead to better results off the sinker, which he obviously feels comfortable throwing and probably throwing four strikes is my guess as to why he threw it so much, even though it was not an effective pitch because he knew that he could throw a strike with it when he needed to locate. And because of the count, you know, if it was one or, you know, whatever the hitter's count was, uh, he's throwing them sinkers and they kind of know that it's coming because that's what he throws for strikes. So if you could get another pitch in there where you could throw it for strikes, I think that that would be very, very beneficial to Adrian Martinez. And uh, real quick, tunneling, uh, the way that I understand it at the very least, which I, I think is right, but let, let's see. Uh, as you release the ball, you want it to follow the same trajectory towards home plate. And you don't necessarily need to do this with every pitch, but you want to do it with at least two pitches so that like if one is the slider and one is the two seam, then they just keep going on the same path towards home plate. And then hopefully at the last second, one darts in, one darts out, and you kind of have to guess. You can't just go, you know, see ball, hit ball. You have to legitimately take a, an actual guess because they're so different and they're traveling at the same speed and it. It's all about just deceiving the, the hitter, basically, is uh, just throw it down the same way and then have it do its thing at the very end. And that's kind of what you want to do. It's about repeating your motion. It's about pitch mechanics. It's all that stuff, but it's all baked into one thing called tunneling. And uh, I, I think that it's I, I, I don't know that I explained that well, but hopefully that makes a little bit more sense is you want your pitches to follow the same path towards the plate uh, that some of your other pitches do. And I think that if you could do that with his sinker, his slider, which is also very effective, his slider has a 40% whiff rate, and uh, that's a pretty good pitch. I say if he could surprise some guys with that, that might become an elite pitch. We'll see. Uh, but if he could work in a, a two-seamer that would also tunnel in there, all of a sudden you got three pitches, potentially, that could just go one of three different ways, and hitters would have absolutely no chance against him, uh, especially when he has that that changeup, which is off speed and also darts all over the dang place. So I am still very high on Adrian Martinez, whether or not he's going to listen to my advice like Cole Irvin did last offseason. I don't know, but that's the hope right here is I think that Adrian Martinez still has some room left to grow and some, something to, to show us. And so uh, if, if he can be an effective pitcher and maybe add a fourth pitch or rework his pitch mix and throw that sinker a little bit less, uh, I think that he, he has a chance to be in the 2023 rotation as the fifth starter. And we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I'm interested to see in spring training how much he's throwing his pitches and what he's throwing and uh, seeing if uh, maybe he could be a legitimate piece to this A's rotation moving forward. But uh, coming up on the show, we're talking about the playoffs because why not Bob Melvin's in them? So that gives me a reason to talk about the playoffs, even though the A's are so not in them. 
Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. Also, follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you guys could, please check out the Inside the A's new website and also Facebook and Twitter pages. Uh, it's just Inside the A's. It's that easy. Boom. And then you can also be Inside the A's. <laughs> but let's talk about the NLCS because I, I've... I've had some thoughts on the uh, on this matchup on previous episodes, and I think that after the Padres won game two, I think that it really created a path for them to win this series that isn't necessarily treacherous because they already beat one of the Phillies' two big horses. I know that they got Suarez going tonight, and he's also a very good pitcher. He beat the Braves, but... He's going to be facing Joe Musgrove, who almost no-hit the Mets and also pitched fairly well against the Dodgers. So it's going to be a very tightly contested matchup. I know that they're going to be in Philadelphia and those fans are rowdy and they're going to probably provide a little bit of life. But if the Padres can get out and score a run early in this one, if they win game three, I think the series is over pretty quick. Um, It Just cards on the table on that one. But I think that after they beat... They got shut down by Zach Wheeler. He he pitched an amazing game in game one, but they beat Aaron Nola, and basically the Phillies are a two-horse team right now, and with some, some guys that can win occasionally, but they're not the guys that you're relying on for a win. So with that in mind, I, I just think that it's... It's the Padres series, honestly. I think that that is what's going to happen here is uh, Bob Melvin just has so many pitchers, and they're all great. Um, And the Phillies are a good team. They're a lot better than I thought they were when the postseason started, and they're a lot of fun. Both these teams are a lot of fun. Um, Hate me for it, but I I really like Bryce Harper. I have a Bryce Harper jersey. It's a Phillies jersey, too. Um, But I'm rooting for the Padres just because – they're the Padres and they haven't really won a ton. And, um, you know, it's fun when I guess teams from the West coast win a little bit, but also they have Bob Melvin. They have Shamanat, Jerks and Profar. Why not? Screw it. Jerks and Profar too. Um, there's just a lot of ace connections on this team. The Phillies are the Phillies. They're fine. I'm not, if they win, I'm not rooting against them in the world series by any means. I'd definitely be pulling for the Phillies at that point, but With these two teams head-to-head, I'm going for the Padres, and I think that after the Padres beat Aaron Nola in Game 2, I think that unless they really get blown up in one of their Darvish starts or Joe Musgrove gets blown up tonight or something like that, I I think that they've got a clear path. And Blake Snell, I know that he was the Game 2 starter. He he can be hit or miss. He gave up four runs, I believe. Three runs, four runs. He gave up a few runs in Game 2, and... That, I guess that could be the guy that you could beat, but he's kind of like their Suarez, the Padre Suarez. He is not their their Aaron Nola or Zach Wheeler, and they won with him. So let's see what happens. But they also lost with you Darvish, even though that was a close game, and he gave up two solo home runs. One of them was an absolute bomb, uh, a shore bomb, as they like to call them. But yeah, I think it's still the Padres. And uh, as for the AL, holy crap, that's not even going to be a series. Uh, the Yankees might win a game. If they pull to even after leaving or after playing two games in uh, in New York, I'll be amazed, literally amazed. I think that the Yankees might be able to pull out a game in this series at this point. Uh, and partially because of the way that everything started, because uh, they had to play game five of their ALDS matchup on Monday or on Tuesday after the rainout on Monday, and then 
go to Houston and play in game one on the next day. Uh, that doesn't really let you set your, your rotation or anything like that. So the Astros were rested. They had their rotation lined up, ready to go. And if maybe if the Yankees were also rested and they were going, you know, here's the guys that we want to be throwing right now. And they were able to start Garrett Cole in game one. Maybe they'd have a, a chance in this series, but I mean, regardless of anything, I think that the Astros would probably win this series anyway, and um, I, I just think that it's going to be a beatdown at this point because the Yankees came in after just finishing a series uh, as opposed to having a few days off in between like the like the Astros did. So uh, that's where I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's going to be Padres and Astros right now, and we'll see how the weekend goes, but... Go Bob Melvin if that is the case, because I am very excited to see uh, him finally vanquish the Houston Astros. But anyways, uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for making the Locked On A's your first listen of the day. Now, go make your second listen of the day, the Locked On MLB podcast, because baseball expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB. They're on the Odyssey app. They're on YouTube. They're wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so wherever you're listening to this, go follow Sully and Locked On MLB over there as well. Um, also, sorry for not posting for a couple of days. Uh, the kids nap schedule just uh, up and he, Oh man, that, that guy, um, yesterday we tried to put him down for, for a second nap for two hours. And then he finally went to sleep and I was like, that was my recording time, son. <sighs> Anyways. Uh, so yeah, I, I didn't have time. I, I apologize for that. Um, but you know, Hey, if you're missing me, go to inside the A's. I'll, I'll, I can post, I can write in the middle of the night. I don't have to, you know, record with this booming voice. That's also the other part is, uh, the kid wakes up whenever I like think or sneeze. Um, so he doesn't like it when I make noise at night. <laughs> so that's why I can't record late at night. Uh, so, but I can't, but I can write things. So check out inside the A's if you're missing A's content and, uh, there's no podcast for you, but that's all that I got for you guys today. I'm going to, I'm going to try and record tomorrow. We'll see how that works. Uh, if not, I'm going to try and record, you know, a, an extra episode one day next week and get, get one of those back to you guys. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Ace fans, and I will talk at you soon. Mm-hmm.